0: It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shayla Thornton, is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned in to quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, 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 now. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. I'm Shayna, and we're appreciative that you are tuned in to this episode. On this particular segment, we are highlighting the coronavirus. Your health matters, and we're here to separate myths from the facts, okay? We have a medical expert on years of experience of treating patients, and she's gonna break down what she knows, and hopefully this episode will inspire and inform you, okay? So stay tuned in. We're gonna have a very brief break to hear an important message from one of our sponsors and then we'll be back on with an important conversation with Dr. Dina. Stay with us. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. We offer real talk for real people. That's you. At the Energize Store, we create positive wearables to uplift your spirits. We also provide custom merchandise for family reunions, nonprofit organizations, and small businesses. Please visit us online at www.energize.store. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Energize Store. Shop now welcome listeners to Let's Talk America Radio, of course, on this programming. We highlight the trending issues and topics you want to know more about. And I don't need to tell you that all in the news is coronavirus. And there's a lot out there. There's a lot of myths. There's a lot of facts. And how do you decipher what's what? After all, majority of us are not medical professionals. But I am excited and honored right now to have a newcomer on Let's Talk America Radio. Her name is Dr. Dina Adumalam, and She is an internist who has a specialty in hormone uh, functioning and also endocrinology. Welcome to our program, Dr. Dina.
1: Thank you so much, Dina, for having me.
0: Okay. Excited to have you on. I do want to point out um, that you practice in New York. and Am I correct? Um, Your medical degree came from uh, Mount Sinai in New York, right? That's right. So you have uh, years under your belt as a medical provider. You've seen a lot of things going on. Coronavirus, okay, tell us what it is, and is there any real concern at this point? Because I know there's a lot of things changing quickly out there with the medical experts and in the news industry, but should we be concerned?
1: Sure. So coronavirus, um, which we're calling as COVID-19, is a relatively new disease that's sort of emerged in the world. As you know, it started in China and is sort of making its imprint throughout the world, um, spreading to different areas and now has made its way to the United States.
0: Wow. So here we are. Um, As of now, when this episode goes out, we know there have been fatalities. From what I am uh, understanding, it's been in Washington State. But we now have close to 100 confirmed place cases of coronavirus throughout the U.S., right?
1: That's right. Um, So they're basically looking at different groups. So at a glance, if you see the number of cases in the United States, right now there's about 60 Um, cases of the coronavirus, and that's not including um, the cases among people who were on that Diamond Princess cruise ship, which I think were about 45 cases, as well as about three people who are Americans um, coming in from Wuhan who were positive for corona.
0: Wow. So, okay. Now, We've heard so far information that has come out from the CDC World Health um, Organization and also from the White House and our President and government officials that for the most part, majority of people that are healthy ha- should have no concern. Is that true from your perspective doctor
1: yes, that's true. so um, when I think about the coronavirus, I sort of think about it like the influenza virus, which is the virus that causes the flu. Um, so if you think about um, how you know, certain people were at risk um, for the flu, which is basically all of us, there were some people that are higher risk for having complications from the flu and others who are lower risk of having complications of the flu. So those who are lower risk of having complications of the flu as well as coronavirus are those who are relatively young and healthy, Okay. So typically, if you're a young, healthy person and you get the coronavirus, you are very unlikely to die from this, Um, but you are likely to develop some symptoms um, such as, you know, respiratory symptoms like a cold, a cough, maybe some muscle aches, fevers, um, which are very similar to what you would have had if you had the flu, um, which would prompt you to want to basically stay in isolation and um, potentially talk to your doctor about getting tested for coronavirus.
0: The latest what we've seen with coronavirus from what they were saying in mainstream outlets and they've had medical experts like yourself on, they're saying if someone believes they have coronavirus and they're showing the symptoms, that our first inclination is to say, well, I need to um, go to the doctor. And from what we've seen in the media, some people may be prone to call 911 or emergency services or say, I'm going to go straight to the hospital. But from my understanding, they're saying for people not to rush to the hospital necessarily, but to call their medical provider and describe those symptoms because they don't want, if we have it, to go out and contaminate others. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, And the reason why is because of the fear of contamination, right? And so, sorry, the fear of infection. Um, and so if you are infected and you're traveling in the subway system or you're traveling in an enclosed environment, you're increasing the risk for other people to have the infection as well. So if you're concerned about um, the coronavirus, you should definitely speak to your healthcare provider about getting tested. You want to make sure that you stay in isolation from any close contacts in your home, um, and you want to make sure that um, you keep yourself you know, isolated. Once you and one of the ways that you could isolate yourself is by wearing a mask, and that's going to be okay. able to prevent some spread of the infection to other people. And then once you are in the hands of a health care provider, they might be doing some testing um, to prove whether or not you have this uh, illness. It could be a blood test or what we call a sputum test, um, where they're looking at um, mucus that's coughed up from your lungs um, to be able to look for the virus. Okay.
0: Now, you said majority of healthy people should be fine. But I want to say it's obvious, Dr. Dina, right now, as we're covering coronavirus here on Let's Talk America Radio. So excited to have Dr. Dina on with us. She's a trained, uh, highly acclaimed internist who has a specialty in endocrinology and hormone concerns. Now, I want to get to the question. You, again, said majority of healthy people should be fine. They may get uh, this virus, but they should not have problems on uh, moving forward and recovering from it. But I think of those who have chronic diseases and illnesses, and that can be a fairly large number. I mean, I think of myself of who I know people that have chronic diseases, my parents' age, baby boomers, uh, may not be serious chronic diseases, but there are chronic diseases. One of the most common, is you know, diabetes. You hear diabetes thrown out so often, type 2 diabetics. Type 1, obviously, that population is a lot smaller. But should someone who has diabetes or heart disease, and you know diabetes from what I'm told, now correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, you're an endocrinologist, but having diabetes can be equivalent to a factor of heart disease. Should they be concerned?
1: So diabetes is considered as a chronic disease, and so, yes, um, these patients should be concerned. However, it is important to remember that every person with diabetes is is different, right? So there's some people with diabetes where their diabetes is not very controlled. There's some patients with diabetes where their diabetes is very controlled. So not every single person with diabetes is going to be at risk for, you know, at the same risk for um, developing um, issues with the coronavirus. But I do think that it's important to, um, you know, consider making sure that you're taking all the proper precautions in order to um, help prevent your exposure to the coronavirus if you do have a chronic disease.
0: I see. So so be aware of that. Um, also, um, cancer patients, those who are currently going through cancer, is there an alarm for them to be concerned about this virus?
1: Yes. So um, people who um, have cancer... They may also be taking medications like chemotherapeutic drugs, which can weaken their immune system. So that puts them at very high risk for being in what's called immunocompromised or having a weakened immune system where they can't fight off an infection as easily. So they're at very high risk for potentially um, developing the virus if they're exposed and fighting the virus after being exposed.
0: I see, so uh, obviously those who fall in the group of cancer, recovering from cancer. Um, I would also imagine, let me say this, someone who's probably recently had major surgery and may be recovering now in the hospital or at home.
1: So I don't think that um, surgical, um, someone who's, uh, you know, post op um, from a surgery is necessarily deemed high risk. I think that it's really based on the medications that you're taking after surgery, whether or not that's suppressing your immune system. Um, overall, how you're feeling after the surgery, and again, every type of surgery is so different from each other, right? Um, for example, you know, having a knee surgery is very different from having transplant surgery. Transplant surgery has a lot of medications that can suppress your immune system, versus a knee surgery, which may just be taking pain medications afterwards, um, which may not have any, you know, effect on your immune system. So, I don't necessarily think okay. that you're at higher risk after a surgery, but it really does depend on the type of surgery or the type of procedure that's been done.
0: And I would imagine why you have the surgery, because it doesn't always mean you're at high risk or you have a chronic disease, but if you had it for certain reasons, may cancer or other um, disease states, that may put you at a higher risk. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that the the hardest part is defining, you know, when we talk about chronic disease, we're talking about somebody that has, you know, a medical issue that they've been suffering from for a very long time. Um, and the issue when we talk about chronic conditions is that it really varies um, between different individuals, right? So there's some people that, you know, have a chronic disease that's worse than others, like diabetes we use as an example. Somebody who has diabetes and is on one medication versus someone okay. who has diabetes and is on 10 medications, um, And the thing is, there's no data to tell us in terms of, even for a patient who has diabetes, you know, at what point does that person become immunocompromised? Um, So that's what makes it a little bit confusing to many patients. A lot of my patients are asking me, the ones with diabetes now, like, should I be concerned? And I tell them, you should take proper precautions. I can't tell you with 100% certainty that your immune system is compromised because you have a chronic disease, but I can tell you that... You're definitely not as healthy as another individual who has no medical problems, and so you should take proper precautions to protect yourself.
0: Okay, I want to talk about another group. They may not have chronic diseases. Um, certainly some may in the group, but children, they are sort of known, as you know, being a physician, to uh, carry lots of viruses and little nasty bugs mm-hmm. as their body grows and uh, gets used to the different viruses out there. Our um, children, are they at higher risk when they're going to schools where there are large crowds? And as you know, we are um, coming out of February, considered the coldest month of the year here in the U.S., but um, it's still uh, low temperatures throughout the u s as well. Um are our children more prone to perhaps not just coronavirus but other viruses as influenza as well?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, when we talk about when we talk about young people being affected more, I would say that the newborn population is much more susceptible, right? Okay. Because they already have a weakened immune system. Yes. So um we want to try to limit their exposure to these um, viruses. Um But when it comes to you know younger children, um, they may be um, at a higher risk um, than others when when, really, when we talk about their exposure to viruses. However, we do have enough data coming out of Wuhan and from the CDC suggesting that children um, who do get infected by the coronavirus are actually able to um, mount a response to protect themselves um, as well and exactly. may actually have uh, um, a less concerning course um, related to the disease that they do get infected. So that's always that's a positive.
0: Okay, okay for their bodies. You know, I want to make it clear, you've given so much great information identifying those who may be at higher risk for um, recovery, and we've done that well. Obviously, this episode of Let's Talk America Radio is not to uh, scare or alarm anyone, but to simply keep us all informed as much as possible. Um, We've all heard throughout our communities there's some urban myths out there. We just want to get some Mm -hmm. facts on the table. Um, You mentioned before the symptoms, but right now, Dr. Dina, will you lay out what those symptoms are for coronavirus and how it may differ from influenza?
1: So the symptoms of the coronavirus are so similar to influenza that it's very hard to sort of um, separate them. Um, So symptoms would include fever, cough, sore throat, headache, body aches, um, which are similar symptoms related to influenza as well. So I suggest that if somebody is concerned when they have these types of symptoms and they're not sure whether or not it's the flu or something else, they should okay. definitely talk to their medical provider and get tested.
0: I see. And that's the most important part. But you're saying there that's could right. be fever as well as a cough and, and fatigue and weakness is present with the coronavirus as well?
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. You now it's I'll... important, Shana, also to mention that, you know, we're learning so much more every single day about this okay. virus and how people are presenting. So. You know, from what we know, these are the symptoms, but it's possible that we'll learn more over time about, you know, the typical presentation of some of these patients and how it, how it may change over time.
0: What are some healthy tips to keep in mind? I mean, we know, like anything, we can do everything ideal and still get a cold, influenza, or any disease, but right now, um, what we know, Dr. Dina, what should our listeners keep in mind as we go through not just a season of coronavirus on a global scale, but also influenza, and as you know, there are other viruses out there that may not just get the media traction or attention, but they're always lingering. What should we keep in mind right now? And this, for our listeners, may be one of the most important parts of this episode as we speak with Dr. Dina about the coronavirus and staying healthy.
1: So I think that, in general, um, hand washing is really okay. important. I think we don't wash our hands enough. Um, you know, these viruses, they live on surfaces um, which we come in contact with every day, door knobs you know when we 're opening up the door to a bathroom, for example, um or you know any public spaces um, you know like traveling in the subway on seats or chairs, anything like that can um potentially host the virus so important to be aware of what you're touching and to make sure that you're constantly washing your hands and if you aren't able to wash your hands you can try to use like a hand sanitizer in okay. the meantime um or the other option is you know just to try to avoid any contact with your hands um, to different areas of your body specifically your nose or your mouth or your eyes um, because we know that that's the way that the virus is able to enter into our system. I see. So to try to just be aware of where your hands are at all times okay. is very important. Um, in terms of the populations, we talked about people being high-risk and low-risk. I think it's important for people who are high-risk to know that they're high-risk and to really just take the best precautions possible. So, you know, trying to avoid unnecessarily um, any unnecessary travel plans, um, to areas where there's a known exposure for coronavirus, um, you know, avoiding crowded and confined spaces like buses or trains. Uh, maybe trying to um, travel in a different way if you're considered as you know high risk. Um, if you're concerned that maybe you might have the coronavirus or you know are exhibiting infection in, infectious symptoms that you're not sure is it this or is it something else, um, to definitely m- wear a mask isolate yourself from your loved ones until you actually get seen by a provider so that they can um, check and make sure that, you know, you're, you're okay. Um, and, you know, once we're working on a vaccine now, now, right, and uh, we know that vaccines can save lives, so once that's available, um, to make sure that, you know, you consider getting vaccinated, not just vaccinated for the coronavirus, um, which is maybe in the future, but if you have Um, a history of not being vaccinated for even influenza, I think that that's really important because we know that the influenza vaccine has saved many lives. Okay, okay.
0: So certainly keep that in mind. I want to talk about um, large crowd gatherings, and this Mm -hmm. is for um, information. We want to be responsible with the distribution of the information, of course, acknowledging, as you said, there are things we continue to learn and things may change, Um, but it's great medical knowledge you're providing us that you know to be true and has been true for many, many, many years in the medical world. You know, should someone, if they're saying, well, I was going to go to this game and it is thousands of people, um, is that something maybe – Someone listening right now should reconsider, but i would I'm going to say this, not you, but especially someone who may fit the deal of having a chronic underlying disease already.
1: Yeah, so I definitely think you have to weigh out the risks and benefits of doing any of participating in activities that may put you at risk in, of exposure to corona. um so you know, if you are in a high risk um, population, I'm sorry, if you belong to a high-risk population, um, I think that you really need to consider the pros and cons um, and the risks and benefits um, to see if it's worth it. And if you do end up going into a very crowded um, arena within a very um, tight space, uh, maybe it is worthwhile to consider wearing a mask um, just to protect yourself in case there's a potential of coronavirus exposure. But really, there's no guidelines that we have um, in terms of that. You know, I think there's a lot of information now talking about, you know, people, not everyone needs to wear a mask. And it's true. Not everyone needs to wear a mask. But when it comes to people with chronic disease who are really high risk, there's not a lot of guidance in terms of whether or not they should be wearing a mask. And um, for my patients with diabetes um, and my patients who have weakened immune systems, I am recommending that they do consider wearing a mask, especially when when they're in these crowded um, environments, see. because you just don't know what your exposure is, and we know they're high risk. They're the people that can potentially get really sick if they get the infection. You know, somebody who's healthy, they can get over it, but somebody who is not as healthy will have a much more difficult time.
0: Uh, Last question, and it's one we just want to be fair about. When people may be planning trips or maybe they had the cruise on the calendar for the last year, we know some of those who've come back and tested positive for coronavirus throughout the country, not just the U.S., um, have been on cruises, right? A wonderful way to get away. Um, But right now, from your professional perspective, is is a cruise something we may want to consider in the next few weeks?
1: (laughs) Again, I think that's... So, you know, as you've heard from the CDC and from um, a lot of these um, public health officials, the risk of coronavirus, you know, the risk of dying from coronavirus is very, very low. It's really the high-risk individuals that need to be concerned about you know, where they are and what their plans are. So if you are in the high-risk category, you're a person who just had chemotherapy, for example, with no white blood cell count, going onto a cruise and potentially exposing yourself to the corona there can be really catastrophic. So you want to make a smart decision.
0: Okay. So be smart and and be practical. And I know you would recommend... Be
1: practical. And if you're healthy, you know, realize that your body, your immune system is robust. You will be able to counter this virus and and be okay.
0: Okay. And and I will say this, as a mother, and when we talk about um, influenza vaccination and, and some people say, well, I'm too busy, but I get my kids <laughs> vaccinated. I don't get myself vaccinated. I'm saying as a mother, but because we're caretakers for our children, We need to be as healthy as possible, right? So I'm only saying that to emphasize when people say, well, I'll bounce back and I'll be fine. But if you're a mother and a father and a guardian who's responsible for children, I would hope that we would all want to make decisions, if we're healthy or not right now in this moment, that we've got to try to maintain that healthiness to take care of children that may or may not get sick, not just from the coronavirus, but anything, even the flu, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, vaccines do save lives, and um, it's really important that we protect ourselves in order to protect our kids too. And it's also setting a really good example for the future. You know, I think that what's happening in our country right now with the corona um, is showing people the effect of what happens when you don't have a vaccine for an illness. You know, if you have an illness that's highly communicable, meaning that it spreads very easily, You know, people get sick, and the only way we can protect ourselves is our own immune system. So I think we're seeing um, what can happen um, when you don't have a vaccine present. And once a vaccine is present, you'll see that there's going to be people surviving, that the people who are really at high risk are going to be doing better, and uh, we're going to be able to live through this, and we're going to be able to be stronger as a result as a nation.
0: Absolutely, and as you pointed out, a majority of people um, do survive the coronavirus and move on, but I will say as a human being, one death is one too many, Doctor, and I'm sure you would agree with it as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and um, you must be familiar with the recent um Press conferences that have come through with the CDC and the officials telling us that you know most healthy people will survive this, but of course there are there's a possibility and a an off chance that you know some people may not, but it's a very very rare possibility, um, and all we can do is just try to do the best that we can to That's protect right. ourselves and to protect others. Um, so if you're sick and you're worried, you've had travel to an area that has coronavirus. You know, just like recently in New York, there was a new case of someone who came from, you know, Iran um, and was traveling back to New York, and she knew okay. that she had potentially had exposure because she was in Iran where the there's many cases. Um, she knew to isolate herself and to take the proper precautions and went to the hospital right away. So make sure that you're protecting yourself and you're protecting yourself from other people. I think that's the most yeah. important thing. Because once you have the symptoms, you're highly contagious. And okay. the best thing you can do is just protect yourself from other people by wearing a mask, by isolating yourself in your home, okay. by letting your doctor know so you can get tested, by making sure that you don't have many exposures.
0: Yes. I mean, some practical great advice. May uh, the fatalities be as minimum as possible. Um, <laughs> That's and,
1: right.
0: Yes. I mean, that, that I think is is the wish of so many people and your um world of being a medical provider, but also others as well. Yes, as the media continues.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, we've been really nervous about the cases that we recently, you know, heard about um, in the nursing home, um, you know, in, I believe, was in Washington. Um, And, you know, the truth is you have to think about the people that, you know, died and, and the people that, you know, got infected. I mean, Unfortunately, for those who live in a nursing home, they are the highest risk patients possible, okay. right? Um, yeah. And so that's most likely why, you know, the, once they had, um, once they had um, developed symptoms related to the coronavirus, they were already so sick that their body could not be able to mount a response against it.
0: Wow. Wow. So we will continue to keep an eye on the coronavirus and other trending health topics as they emerge. Thank you so much, Dr. Dina. Before you leave us, where can our national and international listeners connect with you? You're out on social media, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. My uh, name is Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R underscore Dina, D-E-E-N-A.
0: Okay. And if they'll reach out to you, some may be interested in asking questions, but to stay connected with you. You're such a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you spotlighting the coronavirus here on Let's Talk America Radio. It has been our pleasure. And everyone, stay tuned in. We offer real talk for real people. For more information, remember to visit LTAradio.com. That's LTAradio.com. Stay informed. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020. You're listening to Let's Talk America.